0: Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for radio centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of The Storyteller Studio. Welcome back, everybody, to The Storyteller Studio. Tonight we have Amy Cox Yeagle and Sandy Engstrom Dingus. And these girls are going to be entertaining. <laughs>
1: Here we go. Oh boy. Here we go. Yeah, and see and since we're not used to being on you know, we're not used to being on air we we're wearing the, the scenes. headphones. Yes. So well maybe I'll I'll toss you a question and then so when did you come to the radio station?
2: Well, I was a communication student at Eastern Illinois and they said that it would be great to get internships and you know, experience and I was in communications so I contacted ROKZOK out of the blue and asked about an internship program, which they didn't really have one. I I don't know how it all happened, but I ended up at ROKZOK the summer of 85, was before my last year of college, and I was there with Jesse Garcia, and we were, I guess, the first official interns that ROKZOK ever had. Which was pretty interesting i I would have thought with that kind of a radio station they'd had interns before, but
1: exactly, so did they have set things for you to do, or did you just did they just kind of come up with it as they thought of it?
2: Well, you were kind of whatever slave labor they needed at the moment um, <laughs> so <laughs> I laid a lot of electrical wiring and I remember the Rock River Raft Race the first year, oh. and we were there at 7 a.m. Jesse Garcia and I, and I think Jack Lambiot. Oh my gosh! And we were out there laying all the cords and all the wiring that they were going to need, and you know, and it started at 7 a.m. and I think we were driving in the the van in the parade for the uh, 4th of July at 7 o'clock at night. So it was a pretty full day. <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: Welcome to gruntwork
2: yes. Yeah. So And then Magic Waters, that was the first year they had opened up. So I had a killer tan. Oh. Because we were there every Wednesday and Saturday, I think, for promotions. Really? Yeah. Every Wednesday well, night and Saturday. So, yeah. So, right. Wet Wednesdays? Yeah. Isn't that what it was called? Yeah. I, I was there all the time.
1: Oh, that's kind of a nice gig. I like yeah. that. I miss that part. Yeah. Because I didn't cuz you told me about the internship. Cuz Amy and I went to Rock Valley together. You had shared with me about the internship program, maybe and I'm a year younger. So, I don't know, you must I maybe I said something to you about, "Oh, I'm looking for a job or something like that." And you We said,
2: probably ran into each other in Beloit or something. <laughs> like club. You were you were very much like that. <laughs> but but you by default, like what you just said? <laughs> yeah. I was dragged there, kicking and the screaming. Yeah, you
1: were the designated driver.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. Not. <laughs> I was, well, I was the mom. I had to be the mom. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that's other stories. Yeah,
1: yeah, For that's for another time. So then, so I don't remember much. I already had a job for the summer at Cut State Park, which is where I was this summer before, and I just remembered the... The superintendent, Jeff Carr, was really angry that I was going to leave for this internship at, you know, ROKZOK. I think he even called the station up to say something. And I'm like, you know, look, dude, this is, you know, my major was speech communication. You know, this is a, a stepping stone for where mm-hmm. I think I want to go. And so, yeah, he just was mad. But but I started there. I was with Jeff Eckberg. Mm-hmm. And then Steve. Stan, um, he changed his name in the middle of things cause his, he really loved his stepfather. And so, and his stepfather wanted to adopt him. And so he changed his name and I can't remember it for the life of me. The end of it is like Hoffer, something Hoffer. And I can't remember mm. what it was, but we had a lot of fun. And so, I mean, we'd kind of, you know, yeah, like you said, we were the grunts, of whoever's whim, mm. you know, needed us or whatever. But I was, <laughs> a story I remember one time was I was out with Steve Summers. I don't even know where we were at, but he wanted to go golfing afterwards. I'm like, no, I can't go golfing. I'm working. He goes, no, 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 you're with me. It's okay. I don't want to get fired. I just, <laughs> my first job out of college. And so, we, and I'd never been golfing. So that was, I think, a challenge for him so that he's like, no, you got to come. And I couldn't even golf because I was so upset and nervous about being there when I knew I should be back at the station. And sure enough, um, the operations manager at the time, Steve Brill, he was ticked when I got back. Where have you been? Who have you been with? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, whoever I go with is my boss at that moment. You know what I mean? And that, that's the way I kind of viewed it. Mm -hmm. So if they said, do this, do that, this is what I'm doing. And so I I didn't have an extra car. We didn't have cell phones back then. It was, you know, I would have had to go to the clubhouse and make a call. And Steve wasn't going to let me do
2: that because he wanted me on the golf course. Well, you worked for Brill. Yeah. I came in under Kipper McGee.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know him. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah, Steve Brill and I can't think of his name, but um, those two were kind of together. So. That's, that's kind of what I remember. But David Salisbury was still there.
2: Yeah, David um, and
1: Vern. Vern was still there in charge. Um, Ron Galena.
2: John Nolte. Yep.
1: Um, John actually wasn't, I don't think he was around much that I remember. Maybe he was. Maybe well, he was. When
2: did Vern, um retire? Because yeah. I remember him when I started in the front office. Oh, yeah. So we we both interned and then we yeah. both ended up getting hired.
1: Right, yeah. So
2: I put my supermodel career on a hold. <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying? I have a face for radio. <laughs> I'm gonna drink now.
1: Make sure it has alcohol. <laughs> yeah, I did, and I started right as my internship was ending is when I don't even remember who came to me. Was it Rick Carner? I think Rick Carner came to me and said, you know, would you, because um, I did have some writing background, you know, would you like to be a copywriter in the copy? And I'm like, well, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll do that. So I went
2: in for- yeah, You were in a really fun group. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I'd go back and you guys were always laughing. It was oh, Rick Carner. Oh, gosh. And then Tom Moss. Yeah,
1: Tom Moss. Um, so I think, how did that happen? I think they were, because it, it was Rick, Tom, Heather, and myself. And then Rick left and Tom took his position, became the boss. Um, yeah, Rick, Rick was a hoot. Oh my gosh. Just naturally funny. Oh well, my we were gosh.
2: both on the softball team, yeah. the yeah. R-O-K-Z-O-K yeah. All-Stars. Yeah. Which is hilarious because I'd never played softball in my life. <laughs> and it's like, I was the catcher and you were the pitcher? yes.
1: <laughs> so, i do remember that yeah i mean
2: i could barely throw
1: <laughs> yeah you're good enough to be on the team
2: yeah. yeah but i did have a i did you start to have a little fun with it yes so you did I yes had, you know i was playing um <laughs> the dumb bimbo i'm being very really specific for tim but i'm playing the dumb bimbo i would go up to bat which i couldn't bat i never i never played softball and so um, I would put the bat down, and I would flirt with the umpire, and I'd say, "Can I have a walk, please?" And then, then he'd say, "Sure." And I would—it was all for charity, anyway. Yeah. So, and then I'd bring out a nail file, and I'd file my nails while they finished pitching out. And he'd give me all the four balls, so I'd walk to the front base and, oh or first base, front base. Front base. That See, tells you how much I never played softball, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and then the guys would come out of the dugout. They started doing that, and they oh. all like sash, you know, walk me down to oh, first base. Oh, I remember base. that.
1: Yeah, that was funny. Oh my gosh. It was just
2: it was just fun. And then of course I had to actually run if <laughs> we got a hit or something. But
1: <laughs> I just remember Rick Carner giving me. He had taken a grapefruit and painted it white to look <laughs> like a softball, and then came out to the mound to you know talk to me to you know, and he, he just switched him out so no one could see. And I thought, oh geez, I got to get this, you know, make sure I get this over the p- plate properly, so the person swings at it, because otherwise, it's, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, you were catching, you could have gotten it, and but thankfully, it was a good pitch, and the person, um, the person, <laughs> it just smashed all over. It was really good. It was pretty funny. But it I was know, a lot of fun. Oh gosh, you have a Rick story from softball, don't you?
2: Yeah, I just remember somebody hit a real high fly ball, and he was in the outfield, and he came running in he was fast yeah he came running in running in and then at the last minute he takes his cap off and catches the ball in his cap <laughs> and everybody just started rolling because it was just and then he did I think he did a forward flip and came up you <gasps> oh know he just
1: gosh oh he was gosh. such a
2: showman I, I I loved him he was so funny yeah
1: he was yeah he was great at sports I shouldn't say sure. that like
2: his past tense he's, <laughs> yes, he's still <laughs> he among <was> us. <laughs> funny <laughs> Too bad he never made it in radio.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I remember, too, I think it was that same game that he had switched out the softball for the grapefruit. And um, Tim Larson came in in a helicopter. I don't remember why, though. I don't know what that was about. It was some promotion. And there were two fields together. And he the helicopter landed in the one field just right next to where we were. And, you know, it was a big thing. Got out of the helicopter and, you know, whooped it up and everything. But I don't remember why that, that happened. Some, some Somebody somewhere made a, you know, great promotion out of it and had a lot of fun. So yeah.
2: Another funny story from the softball was I played the the dumb bimbo gig yeah. and I got, you know, and the game was over. And I think there was a bar or something at that softball field. Oh. So I was in making a phone call and I came out, and this one guy um, asked me out. And I was like, Who exactly are you asking out? Are you asking out the dumb bimbo that was on the (laughs) softball field? Or are you asking out me, Amy? That you you don't know. I'm like, That really am not a dumb bimbo. (laughs) I just play one. (laughs) for the softball team that's it that's all because it's all for fun yeah
1: i had an interesting because of the softball team um i still remember you know continuity was at one end of the building and of course the front office where um you and some other and um linda slissler that's where she was she calls over the overhead sandy ingstrom to the front office and i thought oh, what have I done? Oh my Mm. gosh. I never get called to the front office. And so I'm like, okay, I hope this is a joke of some sort. But so I went up to the front office and there was this huge bouquet of beautiful flowers. And she goes, these just came for you. I looked at her like, no, I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. I thought, no, no, that's gotta be a mistake. She goes, no, look, she'd already read the card, (laughs) which was hilarious. It was a secret admirer from the softball games. And I'm like, no, oh. who did this really? Come on. Well, no. Then he contacted me again. He called the station a couple of times, you know, kind of brushed him off. But it's, no. it was now we, I, we
2: had fans. Yeah. We had groupies. Yeah.
1: We learned what it was like to be <laughs> on the air and have groupies.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. I had fun with my one groupie.
2: <laughs> yeah. I had one groupie too. <laughs> At least we got
1: to experience. Maybe
2: it was the same guy. I don't know. <laughs> Just had a thing for blondes.
1: Yeah, that would have been pretty funny. <laughs>
2: yeah, that would have been pretty hilarious, actually. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, You never really worked with Vern Nolte. I worked with Vern Nolte.
1: I remember when I first, when I got hired, everybody had to go into Vern's office to meet him and talk with him and kind of have a little whatever, just a meet and greet. And that's really all I knew of, knew of him. He, You know, again, he was in the front. I was in the back always, so, you know, didn't. Yeah, him too I much. think
2: it was his birthday or something and I think Riley O'Neill brought him a uh, grass skirt and like a coconut bra <laughs> you know because Riley's always very serious about everything so it was something else to see fortunately Vern had all his clothes on <laughs> but he put the grass skirt on over his pants and I swear it was co- there was a coconut bra and he put it on he was a good sport and he oh was you know dancing around and oh if only we had like phones with video. Uh, at yes, that time.
1: that's. Oh gosh, that would have been precious right now, wouldn't it have been? Yeah. Oh gosh, I also remember um, g- just giving people, especially you and me together, <laughs> giving people crap. Poor Chuck. Poor Chuck Doyle. <laughs>
2: yeah, where is Chuck? He's probably afraid. We're <laughs> <laughs> S- sucking his thumb somewhere under, <laughs> under his bed.
1: <laughs> oh God, those two are coming in. <laughs> no.
2: But we're just supposed to talk WROK. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah, not
1: yeah, not ZOK. <laughs> but we did have lots of fun at that break table. That's all yes. I remember. Yes. Yes. I still remember. Oh, this doesn't. This is so stupid. I don't even know if I want to bring it up. So the night before I started for the real job, we were at the main event. You probably were there, I'm thinking. <laughs> you were party party to that
2: problem, <laughs> I bet you know. Probably. Oh, my maybe? gosh.
1: And my brother was in town, and a lot of people were there. I think it was you and Chris and Lori and me and my friend. And you know what I mean? Our girl mm-hmm. groups. And somebody kept buying me shots of wild turkey.
2: Oh, well, I wouldn't have done that. It oh would be God. your brother.
1: Yeah, I, I maybe. because. It was bad. I was so drunk. I just remember, and this is long before, you know, you worried about drunk driving and all that, although I did, and I remember calling my (laughs) mom, I I couldn't call my mom. She was out of town for a class reunion. I called somebody else to try to come get, nobody was available to drive me home, so I drove home, and I just remember driving as slow as I could possibly go, and then I was hungover on my first day of work. So here I am running to the bathroom. That's your brother's fault.
2: (laughs) Let's I would wake. have had no party to that.
1: <laughs> that's right. The mom, yes, yes. that's right. The Cause mom because I would have wouldn't. had to
2: work the next day too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. so I just remember just having to run in the bathroom and I was so embarrassed about the whole thing and I'm like, oh, that was really stupid, but it is what it is. I lived through it at least. So Yeah,
2: I remember the break ta- table. We had that. We that, had a lot of laughs at that break.
1: table. We, yeah, we did cuz people would come through and you just we'd just unleash on them. You would unleash, and I would help.
2: Mm-hmm. Riley O'Neill told me I wasn't funny. Oh! <laughs> it obviously crushed my soul.
1: Yes, I can tell it's hurt you all these years. Yeah.
2: <laughs> my life was kind of done at oh, that point. Oh my
1: gosh! Yeah,
2: all all the characters
1: at that between salespeople and it was it was a lot of fun. I do oh remember. God. Do you remember Gene Hendricks? Yes, and the ROK yeah. sales somehow I did cut some commercials. I ended up cutting and weirdly enough. So one of them was his customer and I still remember the name of it. It was Cashman Investigations. And I cut the commercial and I still remember him coming to my desk, sitting on the corner and just kind of like shaking his head. Well, you have too deep of a voice for this (laughs) commercial, okay and wh- what does the customer want do they want me to they want someone else that's what do i care you know I, mm-hmm. it didn't matter to me and no they actually he ended up talking you know taking the cassette to them and talking to them about it
2: and they loved it so it's funny because tim and Cause i it's a deep sexy a deep, voice yes
1: cashman investigations
2: <laughs> yes <laughs> you've probably been investigated <laughs>
1: just a time or two, but we'll, we'll save that for another time too. Um, but it's funny because Tim and I think time's short. (laughs) Tim and I just found that cassette. He had actually, thank God, no wonder. I mean, he's got all the stuff here in the studio that he kept too. He kept all those reel to reels with even my commercials on them. So, it sounds like I'm 12. It's so hilarious to listen to a, you don't think your voice changes that much over the years. Yeah, I'm
2: I'm going to be interested to see, you know, oh. what I sound like here.
1: Oh, yeah. it's. It was weird. And I remember we said, <laughs> I played that for Eric, our son. And he looked at me, he goes, oh my gosh, that is not you. And I'm like, yeah. I do. I sound like a little kid, don't I? And he's like, yeah, holy cow. So, (laughs) yeah, it's amazing. So I can only imagine how deep my voice will get by the time I'm 80. (laughs) If it keeps going downhill. Some problems are bigger than all of us. Where do you go for help? Who do you trust? Turn to Cashman Investigations. They're professional, confidential, responsible. Cashman Investigations 968-1112 has a reputation you can count on for the most serious cases, like finding a missing person or a child custody case. They're so dependable that many of Rockford's leading lawyers use them. Cashman Investigations is an agency for every working person. When you need in-depth investigation, look to Rockford's only licensed full-time investigators. Cashman Investigations Nine six eight eleven twelve. But I remember some other commercials that we did with I did with Rick, Parner, too, and, and just had lots of fun because of course he was doing character voices and stuff like that on them, and just oh gosh, it was it was a really fun time with all that group.
2: Well, I remember um, there were some salesmen that were coming back from lunch, and I was up front answering the phones because Vicky Sinkowick was on um, lunch or whatever. So I was working the front desk, and uh, it was like Ron Galena and Phil Davidson and Dave Felker, Gene Hendricks, and Dean Irvin, I believe. Mm -hmm. They all came back from lunch together. And so they were like, well, any messages? And I said, well, there's one here for Dean. There's one here for, you know, Ron. And then I said, and Chuckles here, because Gene Hendricks always looked so crabby. He always looked like (laughs) – Somebody had like peed grump. on his cornflakes. Yeah, grumpy Always cat. Always looked grumpy. And so I said, and Chuckles here has a <laughs> has a message. <laughs> Dean Irvin about died. I mean, I think he's, and Dave Falker started laughing and couldn't stop laughing. And after that <laughs> point, Gene Hendricks and I were really close. I mean, he, at the next Christmas party, he's like, I want you to meet my wife, you know? That says a lot. So it it was like, but he he totally, his personality changed. It was like, all of a sudden it was like, you know, we were buddies. Yeah. He always looked like Mr. Grumpy Cat.
1: (laughs) It's so true, though. That's so funny. Yeah, I wish I'd had a moment like that with him. No, I just got the too low of a voice. And I'm like, aw, come on, dude.
2: (laughs) Don't be mean. And I'm sure we got to have some
1: Dean Irvin stories. Oh, my gosh, we should, shouldn't we? Dean was the only one that knew that Tim and I were dating, so because that was a big no-no. I mm-hmm. remember that was one of the first things that Dave Salisbury, because I went into you know m- did the meet and greet with Vern, and then you had to go into, I guess talk to Dave. In that conversation was there's no fraternizing with the other coworkers, They're like you know there's no dating, and I'm like oh okay.
2: Apparently they never went to any of the wine sucks. Yeah.
1: And isn't it how um, Ron Galita? And <laughs> Anybody
2: remember the wine sucks?
1: I missed all them somehow. Yeah. I didn't get to one. That's. I think that stinks. How did I get left out? <laughs>
2: You're an idiot. <laughs> oh, that's really mean. <laughs> it was in the front office. It
1: was in the front office. Yeah, we. Yeah, we were. Yeah, the people jam. in the rear were not allowed.
2: It was. Well, <laughs> I know. Well, Tom Moss would come to. Did every he? Once okay. In a
1: while. Yeah. Well, Tom, oh gosh, you bring up Tom. I, he was <laughs> he was a good boss. Oh my gosh. He, he was had, hilarious. Yeah, he was hilarious. Well, he had a couple of cats, and since I was an animal lover, and he was going out of town, he's like, "Can you come over and you know check on my cats for me?" So I said, "Absolutely." <laughs> he had a cat that would lick the coating off his bedpost. And he said he would lick pictures, like Polaroids. like, <laughs> what? Such a weird cat. And I thought it was so odd. He had, under his sink was where the cat box was. So he'd leave the, the cabinet door open to under his sink because then the cat would jump up in the cabinet. I thought that was a really odd place for a cat box. In your kitchen? Ew. So one of the things I do kind of remember, I don't have a lot of details about it, is that we had a animal psychic come R.O.K. I think it was on Tim's shift. And so they had anybody that had pets to come in the studio. And I remember Tom was there and Riley O'Neill was there. The gal blew Tom away with, she knew that the cat licked the bedpost and licked these pictures. It was just freaky how she knew this stuff. And they didn't bring their animals in it was just what she apparently got from the person and riley's the one i remember with riley was he had a his, he had a dog and there was a dog next door and <laughs> the psychic said that riley would give his dog a special treat and so you know riley was really good about not saying what that was you know to give it away to her and she said it's actually a hot dog you would give part of the hot dog to your own dog and you'd give part of it to the dog next door. And your dog and that dog were best friends. And oh my gosh, if you could hear people who talk on the radio for a living not speaking at all. I mean, they were just speechless. It was pretty on point with this gal. And I want to say she was from Pecatomica but she had made it big time. Like she lived in New York at the time and she was back home and they found out about it and they brought her in. But just phenomenal. And Manny Oliveira, remember? Mm-hmm. Or, am I saying it right? Manny yeah. Oliveira.
2: The um, king and his court. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: He was good friends with Riley. And he was in, and he. It's, there was something with his animal that was really, that she just nailed, that there's just no way she should know. There's just, you know. So I just remember that. That was kind of a, a big thing. I thought that was pretty cool.
2: Yeah, because you couldn't tell that you gave the dog a hot, a hot dog. dog. Yeah, you know, how do you tell, give that away? Yeah. And the dog (laughs) next door. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's so bizarre. One of the things you had asked me about was, um, who for me that I gave copy to that I could give copy to and they would just do a phenomenal job. And I just remember Doug Grant on ZOK. Oh, he was phenomenal. I knew when I gave him, if I needed something really sharp and really high energy and he was the go-to guy he would be the one that would add all the you know the lasers and the really cool sounds and he just brought it he was just amazing with copy that I could give him I was just so impressed every time I'd love to give him everything if I could i like that doesn't work but
2: I always remember too when Al Grace would come in for his <sighs> peanut sale <laughs> commercials and yeah. everybody would just be dying laughing yeah i mean everybody would come out of the booth laughing yeah <laughs> it just was
1: because when you saw him coming through the building you knew it was the he annual was such, peanut he was sale.
2: such a nice guy i mean <laughs> super nice super nice guy but oh my god yeah his peanut sale was uh oh jack lambiot we gotta have a lot of Jack Lambiot stories. I mean, oh. God, he was—he was hilarious. He yeah. should have been on air too. Yeah, for sure. Because he was an engineer,
1: right? Yeah, and Marv Beasley, <laughs>
2: Marv, Marv yeah. Beasley,
1: and Jack—that's who I remember being the engineers while I was there.
2: Was well, Marv was like really deep, right? I mean, like, <laughs> I mm-hmm. it's hard to describe. Be- very philosophical. Philosophical. Yes, yes that's the great yes. word. Uh, and then, and then there was Jack, yeah. and Jack was just, you know, shoot from his hip and have you a good know, time. Have a good time. And yeah,
1: very funny though. Yeah, very funny guy. Yeah. So, what have you been doing?
2: <laughs> oh, since Riley crushed my soul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no stand-up
1: comedy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she went
1: to write to Comedy Central.
2: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Life over. Um. <laughs> Well, in Rockford, you had so many choices as a female, you know, it's yeah. like uh, a wife, a secretary, a nurse, or a teacher. So, I mean, that was your options. Yeah. And it was, even, I mean, it was like we were stuck in the fifties. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but I went into, I finally got into like a purchasing role, yeah. which of course, shopping. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. And then that led into, like, what I'd call a project manager position, and um, I worked at Motorola for 11 years. And
1: yeah, you launched the Razor, didn't
2: you? Yeah, I launched the Razor. I, Favorite It phone. was a great company Ooh. to work for, and oh. man, I, you know, everybody's been looking for that since. Yeah. I mean, we just, yeah. we just don't find that, you know, it was just a great company. Yeah, they didn't care that I was a blonde female when built, <laughs> and...
1: As long as you could do your job.
2: Yeah. They didn't care I was a dumb bimbo on the <laughs> baseball field. They, they just
1: didn't know how to They just all.
2: wanted me to do my job. And they, you know.
1: That's funny. And you're still doing that now, right? You're still project, sort yeah. of like project management. Still, yeah. Yeah.
2: So I work for Carrie now, Carrie Foods. Oh, and yeah. And I hope they don't hear this. Because yeah. <laughs> so. they'll be like, Amy, you're not funny. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, they would be wrong. <laughs> That's all there is to that.
2: Well, you laugh at everything. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I go everywhere with only you. As, if it's only if it warns it, come on. Oh I like gosh. hanging out with you. You laugh <laughs> at all my jokes.
1: <laughs> your, your one woman audience? Is that yeah, what it exactly. is? Yeah,
2: exactly. My fan.
1: <laughs> See, you have another groupie. <laughs> it all come. it circles back all around, doesn't yeah. it? Oh my gosh. Well, well you went. I, I did advertising agency. After ROKZOK, because that was, I thought, that's where I thought I wanted to go. And then, um, you know, and then Tim and I, of course, we had, you know, we started dating back when you weren't supposed to while we were working together. Rule breakers. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) They weren't going to keep us apart. (laughs) Um, So then uh, Tim went into promotion. He was promotions director at um, ROK. And then when we were gone from the station, he went to a pr- imprinted promotional company. Well, after about six months, you know, he talked to the other top salesman there, and it's like, oh my gosh, we can do this so much better. You know, where they were at was just very unorganized and everything. They're like, we can just do this better. So that was when we started talking about um, creating a company. And so he and the partner started that. I didn't start th- with them immediately. That was 1987. I went to go work for the Phantom Regiment drama bugle corps in development and fundraising and pr and then i went to go work for skyward promotions in i think it was 89 i think it was before we got married we got married in march of 90 we did that for 30 years and then i've landed here at edgebrook mall which is where the storytellers studio is housed um so i'm doing marketing for the mall for the Orput companies it's a real estate development company but they own Edgebrook and a couple other properties I do the marketing for. So,
2: The yeah. ironic thing about working at Cary is yeah. I have been 100% working from home. And they're always like, well, why don't you come into the office? And I'm like, no, because I'll probably get fired. Because <laughs> I'm so used to being able to look like, oh, my God, what is going on? I mean, because I'm, you know, I'm not on the Zoom call. Yeah. We have an image of us that I use from an old Facebook. Look, you know, look how young I look. Yeah. And uh, they'll think you're a stranger trying to take over (laughs) 80. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And they're always like, put your camera on. I'm like, no, because I'll get fired. (laughs) Because I'll roll my eyes at the wrong time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just said that to Tim the other day. I did. I was, somebody was talking to me and I said, I'm really fearful that my face was really making the wrong you know, facial expressions, because like, I really think I'm going to be in trouble for this, because it was
2: not doing what I was really wanting it to do. Yeah, I don't suffer fools gladly, obviously, in my face.
1: (laughs) 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 Oh, that's pretty funny. Oh, my gosh.
2: So Sandy and I have maintained our friendship from the Rock Valley days, which is really bizarre if you think about it, but we lived parallel lives a lot. Yeah. So when we were going through job changes and job issues, it was very similar. So every once in a while, we'd fall out of, like, keeping in touch, Mm -hmm. you know, and then the world comes spinning back (laughs) around and then... I'm like, I got to get Sandy back in my life because I need that one person that laughs at (laughs) my jokes. And I think we're cosmic twins or something. Yes. So we just keep coming back into each other's lives. And so uh, we worked out together at Windsor Athletic Club. Oh, yeah.
1: Back in the 80s. Yeah,
2: back. And then, uh, and that was always fun. Uh, (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. We had a good time there. Yeah, Yeah.
2: we had a lot of fun there. (laughs) And then, um, so now... to get us back in shape because we're both, you know, getting older and getting flabbier. flabbier and, <laughs> and so uh, we, Sandy comes to my house twice a week and we work out together and we commiserate on yeah. our jobs or whatever it is that's going on. And then...
1: Uh, we laugh about our days at our OKZOK. OK. Yeah.
2: No. yeah. <laughs> We laugh a lot about Chuck. You know, <laughs> Poor, Chuck. <laughs> Poor Chuck. Chuck comes back because we we don't really mean to be mean to Chuck. I don't know what it's just. It happens. <laughs> he just made it too easy. I'm so that sorry, was the Chuck. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Chuck. <laughs>
1: yeah, he just made it too easy when he just walking through the threshold by the breaker room was enough to. And
2: he would hang around
1: for that abuse. So <laughs> yeah, know. you know yeah. I don't know what that says exactly. Yeah, so. he wanted to
2: go to lunch and stuff. It's like this this doesn't change, you know. <laughs> we don't become nicer <laughs> just because <as laughs> yeah, you feed us. Yeah. <laughs> Note to people out there. <laughs> yeah. our groupie. Our <laughs> <We one. do. laughs> but this has been fun, Tim. Thank you. Yeah,
1: thanks. I appreciate it. It was yeah, been fun even catching up. Even though, even though, I though we see, see you each all other all the
2: time. <laughs> We don't usually have head, heads, headphones on and, and a microphone in our face. Yeah, which, so yeah, so which is unusual.
1: Now we've got this for forever and ever.
2: Oh, <laughs> friends forever, friends and forever. Ever.
1: Yes, thanks, Tim.
2: Thank you, Tim.
0: Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storytellers Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.